Time for a visit from Dr. Rudy Shafarik at Shafarik Dental in Columbia with today's topic from Dr. Shafarik being the science of motivation. Bernice, good morning. What's the science of motivation going to be about today? Well, mostly what it sounds like. We're going to talk about motivation, and this partially came from a program that I was listening to on, actually on um, the radio, about New Year's resolutions, and the person discussing it was talking about some science that had been done. So when I do research, I really like to do research that is based in evidence-based science. So there's a theory, and usually they try to disprove what it is they really want to prove, and then you come up with some pretty solid evidence about things. So the evidence that I heard them talking about was that what is more important than anything else is to create a habit. So probably 85% of our lives are habit-driven. That's why... You know, if you drive to work every morning on the weekend, sometimes you'll just drive to work without realizing it. And that is what seems to work as far as motivation goes, creating a habit. Yes, we all have them. i got plenty of them here, and I'm sure you got plenty of them there. But how does this pertain to the world of dentistry? So um, there's one thing I just I want to mention because it's something going on in my office, and I've talked to a lot of other people in different professions, but there seems to be an issue with people being motivated to get up in the morning and come into a workplace. Through the pandemic, I think things changed so much, so many people were working remote. So at present, we are seeking a dental assistant, and I'd love to find somebody who gets satisfaction out of coming to a workplace interacting with people, and seeing what an effect you can have on their lives. So in the field of dentistry, we know that almost all dental disease is preventable. If we could just teach people to have great habits and to be motivated to continue those habits, there would be very little dental disease. So for example, if you play sports and you have the potential of breaking teeth or having a problem, if you get into the habit of always wearing a mouth guard, that can help prevent that problem. We know that if we can teach people to remove plaque, that's where all the bacteria is in your mouth, if we can get them to consistently do that, then we won't have gum disease. If we can teach people to consistently have a healthy diet that doesn't include a lot of sugar or acid, there'll be less chance that they will have any cavities. If we get them into the habit of using a fluoridated toothpaste, the chance of their getting cavities goes way down. So all of those are habits that we have to figure out how to motivate people to have those habits to become healthier. A couple of follow-ups here. Number one, you talked about needing a dental assistant. So let's say I wanted to apply for that job. What would the job description be like, and what kind of call it, what kind of qualifications do I need? I mean, would I even qualify for that job, Bernice? You would not qualify, Wayne, unless you decided to go back into 
a schooling program. No, that's, that ship has sailed. What we need are um, dental assistants who have training in infection control and in x-ray certification. That being said, there are a lot of dental assisting programs that will help lead you to that career path. There are some people out there who were self-trained in a dental office. So basically, the dental assistant is the one who works chair-side. So they're the one that helps us you know, do the fillings and the cavities. They help sterilize the instruments. They take x-rays on patients. So there's a lot of people interaction. I can do that, but uh, tell me, if I got this gig as a dental assistant, would I have to get up at four o'clock in the morning every day? Not four o'clock, but in our office, we do start pretty early because we like to do a huddle before the day's work. So we like to talk about who the patients are who are coming in, how we can motivate them to do a good job with their dentistry. So on Our long days are Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. So we will start at 7 a.m. on Tuesday and go until 5. Same thing on Wednesday. On Thursday, we actually get here at 6.30 and go till 4.30. The wonderful thing is then you have Fridays off. And Mondays, we sometimes have appointments, but Mondays is more a preparation day for the week because another Part of the dental assistant's job is to help with ordering supplies, organizing their rooms, making sure they have all of the supplies ready for the upcoming week. The other follow-up, you talked about mouth guards and the like. Well, we've had a pretty high-profile one of those with the UConn men's basketball team with uh, one of the key players who uh, lost a tooth, actually two teeth, and I don't honestly know if he has worn a mouth guard before, but we've done entire shows on the value of that for well, kids and adults who play sports. But I do know that he's using a mouth guard now in games. So whether or not he used one before, even after you need dental work done, using it now is better late than never, isn't it? Yes, and it'll protect to a certain extent what you have. What happens most often in those situations, somebody who's a great basketball player was probably very active as a child also. So very often... They actually broke a tooth, you know, in the swimming pool or falling off their bike or having a a fight with their sibling or something like that. So often those teeth have been repaired, and they're kind of at that age where you're not quite ready to do a crown because they're not fully grown, especially males. You know, their growing curve is a little bit later than females. So they may already have a tooth that has a whole lot of filling material in it. And then when people say they lost a tooth, most often the general public is talking about the part of the tooth that you see that we call the crown of the tooth. There's still a root below, and that root can be very useful for building up another tooth. But most often, those people who have that dramatic event during a basketball game may be that situation. Baseball seems to have a whole lot of, you know, take a line drive in the mouth and an entire tooth just comes out of the socket. I've seen that happen. Bernice, what's the influence of tooth whitening on oral hygiene motivation? So they did a really interesting study on people who had chosen to whiten their teeth. And so these were people who 
were going to the dentist regularly, everything was in good shape, and they just wanted to have whiter teeth. So um, it was actually Zoom that they did in-office whitening, but that doesn't matter so much. When people were motivated to whiten their teeth, they checked them six months later and then a year later to see what their plaque levels were like and what their home habits, so those are self-reported. And they compared them to a group of people, similar age, similar circumstances, similar dental experience, who didn't have the whitening. And it seems like the uh, motivation to do a really good job with your oral hygiene continued longer in the people who had whitened their teeth. So that makes a lot of sense. Their motivation, their intrinsic motivation was they wanted their teeth to be whiter. So those people also, the other thing they looked at there is one of the things that we tell people when they whiten their teeth is there are certain substances that can stain your teeth. So coffee, um, red wine, grape juice. So if you avoid those things, you'll have a better chance that your teeth will stay lighter for longer. And they also asked those patients about those substances and the people who had had their teeth whitened seemed to keep their motivation going even at a year out from when they actually had their procedure done. So if that's potentially a motivation for you, that's something that you could consider is having your teeth whitened. And it doesn't have to be Zoom. You know, there are other methods that aren't quite as expensive as Zoom. Zoom gets more expensive because it's chair time. We have to have you sit here in the office to do it. But if that's your motivation, it is well proven that that can last for quite some time. Well, Bernice, as you know, I do drink my fair amount of coffee here in the morning. Are you telling me I can get my teeth whitened by Zoom? That seems a bit of a stretch. So I'm not telling you to get your teeth whitened by Zoom. I just said there are other ways to do it also. But the bottom line is, what's your motivation? If your motivation, Wayne, I suspect is you just want your teeth to be healthy, I think from conversations we've had before, you clearly understand that the health of your mouth is related to health of the rest of your body. I think that provides you with motivation to do oral hygiene. I've never heard you say that you don't like the color of your teeth or you wanted to whiten your smile. So the people who have that motivation, it turns out that it helps them stay healthier. So sometimes, you know, we have to trick ourselves into things. I mean, I've come across patients over the years who've said, you know, I've wanted to fix my teeth for years, but I never got around to it, but my high school reunion is coming up. So I want to go ahead and do veneers, or I want to go ahead and do tooth whitening. So whatever it is, if you have that motivation, then that motivation can last for quite some time as long as it's customized to you. So if you have no interest in whitening your teeth, that's really not going to be a good motivator for you. No, you're absolutely right with me. And, okay, once in a while I have bought that tooth whitening toothpaste kind of stuff. But, no, I just made the connection to the Zoom thing and tooth whitening. Moving along, I've never heard of a plaque-disclosing tablet, but that can be a motivator for oral hygiene too? So they've actually been around for a long time. So they're 
tablets that you can chew and uh Back when I was in dental school, we you know years and years and years ago, we used to use them more often than I've seen them used in private practice. But the ones we had would color the um, wherever you had plaque, it would color it purple. So you would chew on this tablet, and then you'd look in the mirror, and there would be a lot of purple on your teeth. So then the goal was to go ahead and use your toothbrush and your floss to remove all of the purple. And it does work because I think that people don't realize what a sticky substance plaque is. So the whole idea of brushing your teeth for longer is partially to make sure that you really do get it off. Sometimes the comparison I'll use with people is, you know, when you go through the car wash, if you have some mud, you know, on the fender of your car, they wash that, they scrub that off first because... Sometimes just going through the car wash isn't going to do it. So these plaque disclosing tablets, and they're still around. You can buy them in pharmacies that have dental products or online probably is a better way, but plaque disclosing tablets is what they're called. And we used to, we were taught in school to use them for children as a way to motivate children. And I have to say I think that backfired sometimes because some of the kids would um, just be really upset that they had all this purple stuff on their teeth, and it didn't really motivate them. That could be Barney the Dinosaur, you know, yeah. purple teeth. Yeah, I, mean, I think the gamification thing works a lot better, and if it's interactive. But I, did, I included the plaque disclosing um, tablets because there are studies that show that it is an effective method. So... If you're wondering, you know, I wonder, you know, if I'm really getting my teeth as clean, or you come in for your hygiene visits and you think you're doing a great job, but the hygienist shows you areas where there's still plaque, if you're motivated for that, you could get those disclosing tablets and then look in the bright mirror at home and keep brushing until there's no more of that color on there. First time I've heard of plaque disclosing tablets, and I guess the people with a whole lot of plaque on their teeth could be known as purple people eaters, but I go back to 1958 for that reference. Is that plaque disclosing tablet stuff available over the counter? It has been. I have personally have not gone into the drugstore to look for it, and um, what's happened with a lot of products is if the pharmacy doesn't have a market, then they're not going to supply it because there's all those supply chain issues. So sometimes I think patients tell me that they're much more successful for a lot of oral hygiene aids is just going online and finding it that way. Are you aware of people who have used that and they had a whole purple mouth? I mean, it was plaque over all their teeth and stuff. And that was a motivator. That's our topic this morning, the science of motivation. And they took measures to get the plaque off their teeth and they did the plaque disclosing tablets again and the mouth wasn't as purple as it was before they took those measures. Right. So that especially if you're an adult and you wanted to do that and you're making your own decision and saying, you know, I'm tired of the hygienist telling me I still have plaque. Let me take a look and see how I can get rid of that. 
and then it becomes a habit that that's the way you start to brush and floss every day. I think with kids, it's sometimes harder because I just personally had one instance where this child just got really upset that their teeth were all purple, and it just wasn't a motivator. And I think it may have been the parent-child interaction. I think that's it's so important not to try to make your kids feel guilty if they get a cavity, for example. And I've seen that so many times over the years. If you as a parent are doing your job and not giving them sweet things or letting them drink soda, if you're trying to help monitor their brushing, if you're bringing them into the dentist every six months and they get a cavity, there's not a whole lot more that you could be doing. So making them feel guilty is just going to make them not want to come to the dentist once they become an adult. So it's kind of counterproductive. So encouraging always works way better than trying to guilt somebody into something. Well, and from another counterproductive standpoint or a detriment to motivation, the way I would see that would be that there would be some kids who might think it's cool to walk around with a purple mouth, meaning they got a lot of plaque on their teeth, and maybe that is a detriment to them taking measures to get the plaque off their teeth. That could be. You you just never know. And I think your point is well taken, Wayne, that everybody's different. So you really have to customize your approach. And, you know, that being said, if I have a child who comes in and their mouth looks really good, then I'm not going to spend a whole lot of time trying to motivate them to do something that they're already doing well enough. So that customizing is so important. And they did have, I did come across some studies also of, you know, dental fear and smoking are real detriments to motivation sometimes. I mean, I think it's... uh, just like the people who know they need to lose weight and the doctor's always talking to them about losing weight, so they'll put off their medical appointment because they're waiting until they lose weight or they put off their dental appointment until they stop smoking. So that's definitely counterproductive because you get a lot more dental problems from smoking, so you are well-served to actually go in on a regular basis. That's where I think we as motivators, me as the dentist, dental assistants, dental hygienists, have to be very careful to try to be a motivator but not to present anything in a negative light. So as far as smoking goes, I know that is a really difficult habit to break. I was never a smoker. I was one of those people that I just couldn't even, you know, draw once on a cigarette. I just, it just seemed so disgusting and the smoke was just so uncomfortable that I couldn't do it. My husband grew up in Poland and everybody smoked. So when I went to Poland, they would all say, gee, it's too bad you don't smoke, which was a shocker to me because in the United States, we were all you know, trying to get people to stop smoking. So it was very different. It was a societal thing. But he realized that I didn't really like the whole smoking thing. So he quit cold turkey 
during exams, and he told everybody that he was going to quit smoking to help motivate himself. And then for the next 10 or 15 years, I never saw him pick up a cigarette or smoke anything. And I came home from work one day saying, I I had a patient who unfortunately said, I'll never stop smoking. It's too important to me. And most people, a large percentage of patients who smoke, you know, I'll say, you know, do you have a plan for quitting? And most of them will say yes. And that's great. You know, as long as they have a plan, as long as they know that it's the direction they should be going in, then I can just be encouraging from that point. But this person, you know, was not going to ever stop smoking, and his mother had died of lung cancer. There was nothing I could tell him that would motivate him. And I came home frustrated, and I said to my husband, I don't know why he won't just stop. And my husband said, you don't know how hard it is. He said, it's been whatever it was, 10 or 15 years, and he said, I still get the desire to smoke a cigarette. And Bernice, I understand there's people who are motivated to go to a big event at the Elks Club on April 1st. Let's hope so. So the Seroptimus of Willimantic are doing our annual event. It's our major fundraiser. And in the past, we called it the um, Heart to Heart Ball. We've changed the name to a Toast to Women Gala. And it will be at the Elks Club on Saturday, April 1st, from 6 to 11. And we'll have um, cocktails, hors d'oeuvres, and dinner. We'll have live music by the Shaded Soul Band and dancing. So there'll be a cash bar, silent auction. We're going to have a photo booth. We also, this year, are giving each person a wine glass imprinted with the Toast to Women Gala as a treat for the new the new concept. And for people that would like to attend the Toast to Women Gala, how do they get tickets? So we are sending out invitations this upcoming week. So if you're someone who has attended the ball in the past or done a sponsorship or silent auction, you'll get an invitation automatically. Otherwise, you can um, go on to the SI Willimantic at seroptimist.net or the Facebook, um, and there'll be information there. Or you can always call me, and my cell phone number is 860-208-7771, because I am the chairperson of the gala. And the gala is April 1st at the Elks Club in Willimantic. That's Dr. Bernice Shafarik from Shafarik Dental in Columbia, 228-8492, discussing today the science of motivation. Bernice, thank you for joining me today. Thank you, Wayne.